Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. All right. Well, you know what that means? You are listening to The Mystery of Parenthood, and uh, we thank you for that. And we ask that you would slow down and take a listen as we begin with our prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, from you every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that the love... Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. St. John Paul II. Pray for us. Lord, we just ask that you would please bless this time and um, open all of our hearts to uh, what we talk about today. And we ask all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. All right. So it's me and Thaddeus again. Um, how are you? Hey, Trey. How are you? I'm glad we got thought out enough to uh, do the program today. Yeah. <laughs> Coming Barely. off of how about, last you, week's yeah. snowstorms and ice storms. It's crazy. I mean, how how cold. I was remembering how in 1989 I had 14 feet of pipe in my garage because it had, that, that had much had burst when we were gone. And Really? So I was petrified and and probably overly prepared mm-hmm. for for it I, I i think that we've made it through unscathed i mean nothing major has happened i haven't turned on the sprinkler system yet so I, nor have I. I, I i need to do that but um it took me back to the uh early 1980s when i was a boy growing up in denver and we had uh, a thanksgiving blizzard in uh, 1982, we had a big Christmas blizzard in 1983, and then we had an October blizzard in 1984. And being a football guy, you may remember that that's the game where the Broncos played the, the Packers during the blizzard at Mile High Stadium oh, yeah. With, yeah. Uh, with Elway. So, yeah. yeah. And then um, we lost we lost power during a couple of those blizzards, and it was uh, – it was exciting, like yeah. I mean, like I don't. You know, for here. here we don't. You, we don't. I think this was equivalent yeah. to a blizzard for for, for Texas this, for this area. Yeah, because I mean, it, it wasn't. So what I knew was because I'd lived through it. So when they were making predictions of it being, well, at one point I saw predictions of it being one degree mm-hmm. here in College Station. I think the worst it got was maybe six or something. But um, some of the feel like was negative one, right? But 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 I I know from having lived here for almost the entirety of my life that there was only one time that I recall that ever happening for any extended period of time. And it was 1989. And, um, I thought I had done everything right, but 14 feet of pipe shows that I, I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it was, you know, these copper pipes that were right. just burst wide open. And, um, but anyway, so it, 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 it was, a it certainly was a time of, um, Suffering and, and difficulty. I mean, I, I know that we had one. It was interesting that um, one of our children went back to Austin, and it was um, Good Friday. Uh, not Good Friday. It was it was uh, the first Friday of Lent, so just this past week. Okay, so now you're talking about this storm, not not eighty nine. This storm, yeah. Okay. And 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 he was he had no food at the house, and what we had given him was from previous, you know, from a from like Thursday and it all had meat in, in there and, hmm. and, and he had, he had nothing. He didn't have eggs. And so he's driving around trying to find a fillet of fish or, 
you know, uh, what a catch or <laughs> anything to eat. And, and, um, and I remember just saying, Hey, you know, God, God understands the difficulty. So he'll, he'll provide, well, almost simultaneous Bishop Joe right. sent out, a, sent out, a, 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 sent out a dispensation under the circumstances, which I think a lot of people may not have been listening to my son. He, he was trying, but he was like, I don't, I mean, I can not eat. And he was like, I'm ready. But he came around the corner after I said, God will provide. And and I said, Hey, Bishop Joe's done. He goes, he goes, Oh, poke bowl, which is a, you know, fish place, oh, okay. you know, is, is, is open. And I said, hey, there you go. So, um, but anyway, I mean, God's God, through his church is reasonable. He understands when, when there are times and circumstances, particularly with grocery stores that were for all intents and purposes empty. I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't, I mean, I went to the store to buy milk. I went to the store to buy eggs. I couldn't find yep. anything. Yep. I mean, so just the, just the ability to, and fish is not something like at least here in Texas, you, you, you usually have there's usually you got sausage or mm-hmm. or hamburger or something deer like that. Meat or deer something. meat or something but not, but but fish is something you go get right right <laughs> but it was all gone so anyway um i we made it through and grateful for that we're still in the process which is why steph's not here um of trying to get um uh a bathroom redone so it can handle Somebody who needs to be able to sit down in the shower, right? Um, but that's and, and a the, that's a planned remodel, not because of busted pli- pipes. That was not busted but open the, pipes. But the, but the problem is, is that everything that was planned for that week, which we had we had started, has been pushed back an entire week. And then when you throw in the fact that it requires a plumber, plumbers are <laughs> a little busy in now, in high demand, in high demand now, and and doing some simple things or are not there, but it, it's been a challenge. And I, and I think that one of the things that, um, that we had it way easier than I think most people listening in terms of that, because where we live for whatever reason, we didn't lose power, um, which was amazing. But, um, but at any rate, thank God that we're through it. And hopefully all you that are, have thought out and whatever needs to be fixed and dealt with you're you're dealing with it. But yeah, but speaking of, uh, uh, busting open things. We're going right, to yeah. bust, bust open, open the mass. Bust today, open right? the mass. Yeah, that's we're going to we're going to do something that I think is is important for us to remind ourselves of, um, and to try to walk through the mass. I mean, I, I noticed like on relevant radio. I think Father Rocky's doing some expla- explanation of the mass. I think that um, not. I think St. Mary's here. They're doing they're doing something every. Um, Sunday at mm-hmm. Mass yep. to, to talk through the Mass. And I think it's always healthy for Catholics to understand. When you think about the fact that that the church says this very bold statement that it's hard to grasp. I mean, the church says that the Eucharist or that the the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. So it's the source, meaning it's where we get the ability to live um, a Christian life, and it's the summit at the mass that we're at that point at the pinnacle. We're in the presence of God um, in heaven. We're at we're at the major event that occurred in time that's made present again. That's represented in in the in the sacrifice of Christ on the cross uh, so many years ago, and so to break that open and to try to understand it and to find ways to communicate that to, to your children, I think are really critical, um, to helping them stay Catholic, to helping them, um, more fully live out their life. And, and during this COVID time, I've become more aware, you know, when I think of college, my college years, I don't, other than maybe tests (laughs) and some large papers that, that stressed me out. I mean, most of college was fun and not distressing. Freewheeling. But during the COVID times, it's, it isn't, it hasn't been that it, uh, for a lot of 
people that are going through at 19 years old or 20 or 18 or whatever, they're, they're experiencing something that, that I can't speak to, like to not be able to be with friends or not be able to be on campus. Or even if I'm on campus, I've got to do things or, you know, that, that are different to wear a mask, to not be able to see a person smile. Mm -hmm. All those things that you take for granted are not there. So having an understanding of what is going on in the mass, I think, helps us to more fully live out, even in the midst of these times, um, the, the Christian life, um, which in essence is to be in union with God. In, in essence, it's to be holy, um, which means to be united with the only one who is holy, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity. And that's what happens at the Mass. Is That's where it begins and and the source of that. But it is meant to extend out, outward. So I'm just going to break it down into into to kind of the three ways the church talks about the mass and go through each of those in, in a way that hopefully helps. Because if we remember the church takes our humanity seriously, Jesus as the spouse of the church and as the son of God took our humanity so seriously that he took on our, our nature and showed us what it meant, what it means to be human and what we're called to, what our high calling is and what that looks like. And because of that, it, it's important to know that we are meant to live a Christian life and the mass is the source of that Christian life because the source of that is Jesus himself. So the three things are, are meal. Uh, the, the mass is viewed as a meal The the second thing is it is presence that it's God's presence. And the third is sacrifice. And each of those are fully there in the mass. Um, but the signs that are used are purposeful. They're provided to us by Holy mother church and by Jesus himself and through what he's given us in, in the sacraments and the Eucharist being the, linchpin uh that's not a theological term it might be the catechism but hey you know <laughs> but, I you mean, never know what's in the catechism you never what know might be in and that you area. may not want to read the catechism but but anyway i thought that we'd start with with meal and so if you look if you look at um what's going on in the mass um you have uh effectively a gathering of the family of god of of his family the body of christ that's gathered around a table um, and that and that table on that table is prepared for us a meal a meal of bread and wine and everything that we should know about our own meals at our own house are, are there there should be as there is prior to this there should be some conversation so um, I think um, well first off typically uh, a meal is is something for the family itself. It's it's a big deal to invite somebody else to a meal, right? I mean, it's it's some for somebody else to come and join us at a meal is a special occasion. So typically, it's yeah, being part sure. of the family. Normally, I know in our house we got to really clean up a lot because <laughs> right, exactly. we're gonna have somebody over, right? Yeah, with five uh, little kids, right, and make sure that it, that it's that it's all there. So I think I think the idea of the meal can extend to our own meal, that there should be some delivering of truth. So the, the, the first part of the mass, there's really effectively two parts. There's the liturgy of the word, and then there's the liturgy of the Eucharist. From our own family meals, we should know that there should be some bringing of our thoughts, concerns, and some teaching from the authority there to help. You know, that's, that's why we should spend time. It's not just to eat. Typically, it's meant to be a, a place, a gathering place where people um, come with their trials and struggles and they come to be nourished so that they can go back into the world. Mm -hmm. So there's a sense of, of that that um, that we should do. It's, it's a time of prayer and worship. So 
prayers at meals should be something that that are central. There should be a there should at least be a a prayer, <laughs> um, blessing the food. And uh, oftentimes, I know in our house it goes there. There is a prayer for after eating, which we rarely say to to my chagrin, but mm-hmm. but but a sense of a dismissal. Now it's time. There, I don't know if you as parents, I mean, you you know, as they get busier and they've got other things going on and other people calling on them, um, you know, we have to say, okay, we're going to eat from this time to this time. And you're sitting here. I mean, you can finish, <laughs> but, but you're going to gather here and we're going to spend time together mm-hmm. around this table consuming the meal. And I think there's something that we can – apply from the mass, but also learn about the mass. Cause it, cause he did intend the last supper was what would happen to the last yeah, supper. A, I mean, that's a great point about, um, having the, the children stick around after they've finished their meal, because when they, when they just go off after they finish there, there is that attitude that gets communicated of, well, I got what I needed from right, this, exactly. but I'm not going to stick around to be a part of this uh, bigger uh, work right. of the family. Right. And, and, and that we all are meant to be there. Um, that, that again, just the, the idea of a meal, if you think about the family, it's better when everybody's there, right. you know, there's, there's something missing. So we want, and, and Christ wants in his, in his mass, his whole family to be there. He desires that we be one gathered around the one table. Yeah. And, and, and sticking around and then dismissing together um, from the table together also kind of reinforces this idea of, well, each individual person has a, has a contribution to the whole. Exactly. And the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So the family is bigger than just the sum of the children and the, and exactly. the two parents. Right. It's this organic living thing. Right. And, and, and so as a sacrament, the family, if you think about it, the, the, without going too in depth, the husband and the wife are, are, um, and and the children kind of represent the Trinity, you know, and so there's, there's this union that's meant to be there, this communion, this union with one another that is meant to be played out visibly, tangibly, and and that everybody has something to offer. Everybody has something to give. And and the family table is somewhat less than it should be when people are missing. Yep. And so, again, same thing can be said with regard to the idea of the mass as a meal, that that's what Christ wants. He wants us all gathered there. The cool thing about it, which, uh, which I try to point out to my kids, you know, not only – not like not only – Jesus is there, all right, but but this gathering around this table in the invisible, but in reality and in truth, my mother, those who've gone before us are gathered around that same table. Yeah, that's we're, right. We're, we're the body of Christ, both those who are in time now, but all those who have gone before are, should be thought of because in reality they are there gathered around that same table. So I'm like, why would I not? So Jesus is going to be there. Then all the people who I loved growing up are going to be there. I want to be there. Um, and so that's why if you look like a, a real a, a high <laughs> meal is like Thanksgiving, you know, what happens there? You know, you have all your family and friends that come, you know, mm-hmm. that, and it gathered around and you, reacquaint yourself. And so there's something very human about being together with those people who you love. And, and that's that aspect of, of the mass there. We also receive nourishment. I mean, nourishment is, is central to it. We need to be nourished to go out and do whatever else we've got to do. And, you know, I, I just to liken it, you know, there, there are obligations. The church says, you know, you at a minimum must 
receive the Eucharist once a year, you know, that you must, that you are obligated, which I know that now we're kind of in a time of dispensation because of COVID, but, but generally obligated to go to mass on, on Sunday. So as a family, we're obligated to be there. You know, it's a special dispensation as a parent (laughs) to say, you don't have to be here or you can go somewhere else. So that that that's important to to kind of build into the way you handle meals as they get older and they get bigger. You know, we got down to where, okay, we're going to have a family meal on this day and on this day. We're, I mean, everybody can make that happen as they started going, or if even if they were in college, but here in town, you know, we tried to have even a meal when they would come during that time. So that's important to to remember that the people are gathered there. And so mass reminds us in it being a meal that we're gathered with those people we love, um, and who God loves. Exactly. So, um, and that we receive nourishment and that, and can I, yeah, go ahead. The gathering of the, of the deceased loved ones in the, in the mass, for example, attached to that also is the saints and angels. Absolutely. In heaven. And, that's actually one of the reasons why Catholic churches have statuary in them of the saints is because it's supposed to be a, a visual reminder that, oh, these holy ones are here. Are here. They're here as the heavenly banquet Absolutely. that is going on, is is taking place. Or just like you'd have what, like what's you going have on pictures in the at, Just like you'd have pictures at home of, right. of your grandparents, even the deceased ones, that you can see them to remind you. That, that is so essential. We talk about the, you know, the sacrament being a, an outward or a visible sign of an invisible reality. We have to, and the mass is a great place to remind ourselves and to remind our children that there's more going on here than just what meets the eye. There's way more going on. In fact, what's going on that doesn't meet the eye and doesn't meet our senses is more real and more amazing than what we're experienced solely so in our humanity. Trey is saying now that the mass is like Transformers. Transformers <laughs> more than meets the eye. You heard it here first. That's in the catechism, guys. <laughs> that must be in uh, the catechism. Yeah, Transformers. I don't know. But uh, fair enough. <laughs> but, I, but I think... Transubstantiation but I, uh, more trans- than meets the, the eye. Uh, but, but, I, but I think that, that that idea of gathering as a family, something that is lived out at home that you can extend that to this is what's going on at the mass. It's Absolutely. something that, that all the things like you're, you're meant to be there. The family wants you there. You want to be there because you are with those people who you love. And what I loved was when I was away in school and my mother would talk about, and I've, you know, if I was at mass in Virginia or in Austin, there was a sense that I'm, I'm somehow united with even those, mm-hmm. um, that I'm not in their presence, but I am united with them. Mm-hmm. And and that sense of communion, of belonging, of being part of something bigger right. than yourself is right. all essential to understanding the mass. So meal is the is the first kind sense. of the lowest. I don't know if it's the I, I mean I, I it's definitely if you look at the signs today with the way We'll get. We'll talk about this when we get to the sacrifice. But I mean, the way it is, the priest is on the other side of the table. There's kind of a sense, and even even some of the old, the churches that were built in the 70s are is more like around the table. Like you know, St. Thomas Aquinas is kind of a, you know a circular around instead. Yeah, of, let's let's not dwell on that for but, too long. Well, I'm I'm just saying that, but there you can see the idea that that was so nothing happens by accident. In the Catholic Church, for better or for worse, <laughs> uh, there's nothing about it. But there are people trying to communicate one of these. The key is that meal, presence, and sacrifice are all there. the 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 symbolism that's going on in the Mass, by the way, the churches. I mean, I've seen churches that are in the round, which even more communicates. 
you know, like, so you, know, you know, where the, where the, the tables in the middle and we're gathered around the table. Mm-hmm. If you think about that, I mean, there's a reason they did that. They were trying to communicate meal. The, the, the issue. They were trying to emphasize something. Emphasize, they were emphasizing something. It was, it was purposeful for that, for that aspect. I'm not going to get into why that might be, but, but I think we can, right. we can think through why it might right. be. But the reality is it's like anything Anything that goes to one of these to the exclusion of the other is to diminish what Christ intended. Right. In other, in other words, we're a both and, or in this case, a both and and, <laughs> where it's all meant to be real. Um, it's all meant to be there. And so just because the signs may communicate one over the other doesn't mean that the other doesn't exist. Um so, and also, you know, I think another piece of the meal, I, maybe you mentioned this and I just didn't hear it, but another part of the meal aspect of it is that the, the Eucharistic prayer actually retells the, the story of the meal. I mean, right. it, it, the Eucharistic prayer and the, the sacrificial action and the communal action of the mass is actually situated in the context of of the meal by the words of the Eucharistic prayer, because it retells what happened at Absolutely. the last supper. I didn't say that, but, but that, that, that's accurate. And I think that, and I think the other thing that, um, I lost my train of thought, but that happens. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's my fault. That's my no, fault. No, no, it's not your fault because you're, what, what you said was actually what prompted the thought. I mean, the, the fact that, um, Oh, I forgot. What were we just? What were we just saying? I'm sorry. Well, we were talking about how the structure of some churches emphasizes or brings out the communal nature of the right. of the meal, um, and and the the meal nature by the we're gathering around the table. Right. And then I said, oh, another part of the meal that we, uh, another fa- part of the meal aspect of the mass is the words of the Eucharistic. Oh yes. Pre- and the, retell the last supper. Right. And I think, and, and so I think part of what we got to remember is that even in the meal, so if it's a meal, a lot of it's the same. I mean, um, if you just think about the meal at your house, I mean, it's at a common time, usually, um, same people you'll say that, you know, bless us. O Lord at the beginning, you know, there's, there's just something about it that is repetitive, um, and familiar. It's not new every time. It's not, it's not, um, new in the sense it's not, it's not meant to be entertainment. (laughs) Uh, it's meant to be nourishing. It's meant to be communal. It's meant to be something that we can tap back into because it's familiar with us. Um, it's not, it's something where I think in part of that familiarity, and this is just a thought catechism or not that that part of that frees you up to not have to think too much about anything so you can actually get down to to brass tacks to get down to like really what's going on like with you how are you doing today what what was something that you had so around the table at home to ask you know hey what was one what was one of the best things that happened to you today or what was one thing that you struggled with today to have those type of conversations around that because of the familiarity, because everybody knows how everybody operates. Everybody knows mom's going to do this. We're going to sit and wait till she brings the food over or, or whatever. I mean, that frees us up to be focused on what is most important, which is to being together. And I think there's something to be gained from that with regard to the, to the mass. It's, it is something familiar that's comforting. It's not meant to be newly entertaining, like something different every time to keep our attention because our attention should be, Hey, we're together with those that have gone before us. We're together with Jesus, with the saints and angels and with those people who were gathered with. And even with those people who are in other cities that are going masses, going to mass as well today. And so anyway, I think that it's really important for, for us to, to be able to teach about the meal. So hopefully that was, Helpful. Hey, one thing that I, that I that I thought about that came up this totally is is now they they typically do a really good job of of cleaning the you know of 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 doing the cleaning of the chalice and and all that and everybody sits there and waits and I think that that's so 
critical too, <laughs> in the sense that it's not done until everything is put right until up, the dishes are done. Until the dishes are done, you know, until the the guest is put in its proper mm-hmm. place, and um, and I think that. You can teach about that. There's a few things to teach about that, which is not necessarily about the meal other than we're waiting for that to happen. It's It needs to be put up or we're watching as somebody's cleaning the dishes at home. You can get your kids to do it, but, but everybody's in, sometimes. involved sometimes. But, uh, but I think that it's important to recognize that they go to great lengths to make sure there is nothing left on those holy um containers i don't know i mean what you know the chalice vessels the whole vessels. Vessels. vessels yeah thank you um and and the and that that jesus is that communicates something too that jesus even in the smallest particle of of the bread uh, what 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 is his body blood soul and divinity that looks like bread even that smallest particle contains all of him and so because yeah. he is who he says he is because he is god that that we take great care to make sure that that's that's consumed and cleaned off and that there's nothing left um there so exactly but um anyway so i'll move on to to the next thing which is presence which i think is something we were talking before so first we did meal first we're doing presence presence, and then we're going to wrap up with with sacrifice. sacrifice yeah so presence is i think there cannot be enough said that even when the kids are younger and I've, we've said this from the beginning, we have to trust that in their baptism, what has happened is really happened, which is they have the Holy spirit in them because of their baptism. So even at a young age to tell them that that's Jesus, one of my favorite, I've mentioned it before, but I love when I'm near families that have young kids and they'll say, I've heard him shout out Jesus and the parents are, you know, when the, when the priest holds up the host after, well, those parents have done a very good job at that point because we all should, Jesus Christ, right, we all should in our hearts say there he is. Yeah. I mean, we, the, there should be that. And to hear a child say that means that the parents have, have done it. Now I'm not saying that they, they should be taught that they, shouldn't necessarily yell yell that but but the sentiment is fully there he is makes himself present body blood soul and divinity um in the mass jesus in all of his humanity and all of his divinity is made present under the sacramental signs really present under the sacramental signs of bread and wine and that's essential. So one of my favorite verses is John fifteen five. You know, I, I am the vine; you are the branches. Um, unless you, uh, I'm. It, what is it? Goodness gracious! I have it on my wall. But I am the vine; you are the branches. Um, if I abide in you, and you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, that sense in terms of the visible sign of our consuming Christ and becoming, we're in his presence, but he is, we are united to him in a most intimate of ways um, in our reception of the Holy Eucharist. We're not just in his presence, but we are offered him to enter into our blood, enter our our bodies, and then flow through our blood vessels <laughs> um, or arteries or whatever, but his presence becomes united with us in that, in that moment. So to, to be aware and to teach your children that that is Jesus. Another thing that's important. I mean, you can do that in, in mass. One of the things that I think I see all the time that I, that I always teach your children where the tabernacle is and teach them to recognize not only where the tabernacle is, but that the red candle next to it so that they, so that they, because that's, that tabernacle is where he is present. Right. And tell, tell that story that your mother-in-law likes to tell. You're telling me about it earlier. Oh yeah. No, I, so yeah, I forgot it. My, my, my mother-in-law is living with us and she was telling a story about when she would be a, a extraordinary minister of 
Holy Communion, she would bring communion to people in the hospital or whatever. So she, she would go, she would go into the chapel and go into the, this is in South Louisiana and I, I wish I could do a Cajun one, but I can't. So just picture a Cajun. So, so she walks in, she goes and, and, and pulls out the host, Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the form of what looks like a piece of bread. And she puts it in, in the picks and she walks out and, and a guy stops her thumbing his rosary beads uh, obviously so he's been clearly, a Catholic. clearly he's a Catholic clearly yeah, he's a, enough he, to pray his rosary pray his rosary he's praying his rosary and he's he stops her he goes hey you're the third person that's come in here to get something out of that box what's in that box <laughs> and it, it it's you know we have to you think we have to tell and remind mm. people not only that it is, it's not what's in that box, it's who's in that box. Jesus, under sacramental signs. It's who's in the tabernacle. It, it, it is in the tabernacle, and which is, you know, like it's the dwelling place of, of God. That's the term that was used. It's from, from yeah. of old, like the There's tent, all the Old you know? Testament overtones that we don't have the time to get into today. Yeah, but, but. The, but, but anyway, so, so I, I think we need to reiterate, there's where he is. So the, another thing is, unfortunately, or however you want to say it, oftentimes it's it's a hide-and-seek thing to try to find the tabernacle in some churches if you go into them. You don't know where they are, but you don't genuflect to the altar. Uh, you genuflect towards the tabernacle. So it's important when you walk into a church, particularly one that's not your own, and so like we played a lot of tournament baseball and tournament soccer. And so we were oftentimes in church and other places. So it was a great teaching tool to be able to go, okay, find Jesus. When we get in here, I don't know where he is. And, I thought you were going to say, we played find the tabernacle. Find, well, but, it was kind of, sometimes it was like find the ta- tabernacle. Where is the tabernacle? Yeah. It seems like there's a, a direct relationship between that game and those round churches you were talking about before. Right. I just, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. But I mean, so, but sometimes I'm like, you know, people come in and again, it's like anything else. Everything that we do in the church bodily has meaning. There's something about it. Exactly. And, and, and ritual is not bad unless it's disconnected from the meaning. If it just becomes something we do because that's what we do, but we don't know why, that's it. We genuflect towards our Lord. So I have done it before where I, I mean, my old parish, the tabernacle was backwards. I've gone in to the church, genuflected back there so as to not make too big of a scene going down the all down and then turning around and genuflecting backwards uh-huh. <laughs> away from the altar. But but to let them know that's who we're genuflecting to. It's because that's a sign of from the old Roman that you would you would genuflect right. towards the king, towards Caesar, towards who was in right. charge. Right. The, the the altar or the table is not in charge. It's right. Jesus himself. Similarly, when we go to Good Friday service, You're right. I always make a point of telling the children we don't genuflect when we go into the pew Absolutely. today. Why? Because Christ is not present in the tabernacle, and that's why we genuflect. Right. Genuflect to honor his presence. So find the find the even in the even in the less than best design churches that's very they, charitable. they will they will they will have they will they will still have the red um candle burning <laughs> next next to usually it. i usually can talk i with found you it off most of air them. where that's not even may, the case may, okay but we well usually you would do it. but but even in most cases where i found it in other places so it's important in terms of presence to say jesus is here and he will come and that's why we Neil, that's why, you know, when we, when the Eucharistic prayer is going, when Jesus, and I think that's important also, the, the words of consecration and knowing when that's happening, when, when the priest says, this is my body, that's when, from a technical standpoint, Jesus's body becomes present. Um, when, when he says, this is the chalice of my blood, that's when the when the wine is no longer wine, but becomes 
transubstantiated into the blood of Christ. And the other thing that I think is important to remind children, especially during this time and remind ourselves, the Jesus is fully present in either of those. You're not getting half of Jesus if you're receiving the Eucharist and not receiving from the cup, which right. may or may right. not come back. But any portion of of that or any, either one of them, my, my, my mother couldn't swallow because she had, or my grandfather couldn't swallow a piece of, I mean, the body blood, the body blood sold in Vinnie in a, in a piece of bread, but he could drink the blood. So they did bring him the precious blood so that he could have his viaticum before he, before he died. So, oh, um, that's beautiful. which was, which was, which was nice. Cause he could swallow that. He had esophageal cancer and, and it, it, but anyway, bottom line is, I think it's important to remind ourselves that remember it's all a sign, but, but, but any part of that sign, <laughs> either the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus is there a, a, a half of, of a host or a quarter of a host, because there's too many people at a daily mass and they're having to break it up right. is not a quarter of Jesus. It's fully him. Right. Um, you know, sometimes you'll see, the priest will break up the large host. I mean, he always does that. Right. And then you'll see that, oh, sometimes you'll see this at weddings. Right. If there are more people coming forward right. for communion than he anticipated, he'll be holding the ciborium and he'll, you know, you'll see him break right. up those those big chunks into even smaller chunks exactly. so there's enough to distribute. Right. Yeah. And so so I think that that's, that's important to to remind ourselves that we're not, somehow less i mean i grew up when we didn't have the cup offered right. to us that's a fairly new people your age probably mostly <laughs> had the cup of available the blood yeah um in in the form of in the accidents of wine right. Right. um there so right. make sure your children know when the consecration is because that's when he becomes present um that's when i love to hear at least even under the breath you know, that I, I've grown up telling my, having my kids hear me say my Lord and my God, yep. my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God, so that they hear me when the host is elevated post consecration. So that's a great teaching tool. Those you know, the words to, of St. Thomas when he, when, right. When he uh, really, when he, when he when saw real, when Jesus, saw, you know, his fingers in Christ's wounds. And, right. And so to say that, and when yeah. the, when the, when the cup is elevated, my Lord and my God, my mm -hmm. Lord and my God, so that that's something that they can hear, um, and, and see, I don't say it loudly, but, mm -hmm. but if they're sitting next to me, they can hear it under my breath. Mm -hmm. Again, a teaching tool, but don't do it as a ritual. <laughs> Make sure that you're, that that's it. That's, that is Jesus right there. So anyway, and we're getting short in time and we can't sell sacrifice short. No, we don't want to sell, <laughs> sa sell sacrifice short. And this is probably one of the most misunderstood and often taken shots at by Protestants because of, because of either they've been misinformed or they don't have Catholics that properly inform them mm -hmm. uh, about it. We do call it the Holy sacrifice of the mass. Yes. And there that, once for all sacrifice that was accomplished in time on Calvary by Christ is again made present in the mass at that moment but it is that sacrifice that is the sacrifice that is acceptable to God the Father and so we are joining there that's why I think it's so important for Catholics to know um, Colossians 1 24 right Rejoice in my sufferings, for I make up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the sake of his body, the church. What's lacking? Nothing is lacking in the sacrifice. The sacrifice is perfect. But we as Catholics need to understand that Jesus opened himself up for the sake of us to offer together with him as his body our sufferings, which in most cases, thankfully, is not being hammered to to a cross and hung on a cross, but it may be something tough at work or something somebody's sick that you're having to take care of. It could be whatever struggles are there are added. And that's why when in the cup, I've always hoped pointed when they when they will drop that little drop of water mm -hmm. in there. T 
typically that's taught as if you if you do that, that that's our offering, not just my offering, but the offering of all of humanity. all humanity for all time. And what that shows us is that's our small. It's so small you can't even. It's not discernible in a red glass of wine. If you drop that water, it's it's hardly discernible because what's seen is the wine, which is Jesus Himself. And so we have to get this sense that we're offering ourselves entirely together. So when 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 the offering is brought up, uh, we used to do don't do this, please, without consulting with your with your parish priest as to whether it's okay or not. But we did here where we did, where we had our kids before to, to think of, of an intention or something that they were suffering with or of, of something that they had done that was, that was a sacrifice and to write it down and then put it in the offering plate because that was being brought up to the altar and placed at the altar as a sign of, my offering that's being united to the perfect offering of Christ, which is now being made offered as the total Christ, totus Christus, I think is what the church would say, the entire body being offered. But our part of that is small, but because, but because it's united with the perfect offering is making up for what is lacking, which is our acceptance of the suffering that God sends our way of the challenges God sends our way and are uniting that with that sacrifice with the one sacrifice. And, and I think we need to be able to explain that that's it, but it makes everything potentially of value (laughs) if we will bring it to the altar and offer it with that. So sacrifice that table is also called the altar. And that term, the altar is where, is the term that was used for the slaughtering of the lambs. They uh, would, they would mm-hmm. slaughter the lamb. And so that points us back to sacrifice. Just the mere term altar points us to sacrifice. The other thing is we were talking about earlier is the old ad orientum where the priest, if you've had the chance never to, to go to that, cause you don't see it very often anymore where the priest is facing the same direction as the congregation towards the father with, with him typically below or <laughs> that you can, you get the sense visibly of what's actually happening. Yes, you do. Of, of all of us together, Christ in the person of, of the priest and all of the congregation offering everything to God, the father, through Christ, with Christ, and in Christ. And that's the beauty of the Mass. That's ultimately what the Mass is. The Mass is right. is this offering to the Father of the once-for-all sacrifice. We're not re-sacrificing. It is a re-presentation under sacramental signs of that self-same sacrifice, of that sacrifice that occurred on Calvary, but in an unbloody manner but it's the same sacrifice being offered. And God the Father sees us and our sufferings through the lens of his son, who is always saying, forgive them, Father, for they know what they do. Mm. And you're present there in that moment. And so to, to teach your kids that part of being actively involved is to bring those intentions, to bring those struggles, to bring those things and place them on the patent. I had a, it's actually Monica Ashour. Um, years ago say that, you know, on that patent, when, when before you're, when they're bringing up all the gifts that you're saying, I place myself entirely, all my gifts, all my joys, all my sorrows, all my sins, the entirety of who I am, I place on that patent together with that bread that I can be united with and become one with Christ in that offering and then we receive Jesus back into us in the reception of the Eucharist. And so there's this beautiful sense of our giving and offering. And then as God always does him giving himself back to us um, in under the signs of bread and wine, but truly present. So that sacrifice is important. I think there's a lot of people that have, try to diminish this idea of sacrifice. 
But as much suffering is going on today, I think there's not any more important teaching than to understand Colossians one twenty four as yeah. what we're going through yeah. is the chance is is an opportunity for God to for us to cooperate in that way. So exactly. Anyway, so anyway, the three uh, meal uh, presence and sacrifice. Um, take those into real life and 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 do it when you when think more fully about how your family meals are going and try to unite that the idea of what's going on at the mass presence. Another thing I, we didn't talk about presence was this idea that to be present. It's really important, dads, moms, children, to disconnect from everything else and place yourself in the presence when you're at a family meal and just be there mm-hmm. or, and when you're at mass to let all those other things go and then sacrifice to know that we are called to sacrifice. That's what priests do. That's part of our priesthood We're we're meant to sacrifice and God gives us always for better, but sometimes we feel for worse. Those struggles that our cross is to bear. Let's take up your cross and follow me. And, that's what we're doing every time we come to a mass. But be more active, more fully and consciously aware yeah. of what's going on. Uh, a quick thing on the sacrifice piece, whether it's happening in an ad orientum worship or an extraordinary form or in the ordinary form and, and the priest is, is facing the congregation, I think it's important to call to mind that when the priest is praying the Eucharistic prayer, he is not addressing us as the congregation. Absolutely. He's not talking to us. He is praying to God the Father so, in persona Christi. So that's so us. important. Listen to the listen to the Eucharistic prayer. It's so critical to understanding that it's addressed to the Father, always addressed to the Father. It's that he that sacrifice being taken up to the Father and all of our needs and desires put into that sacrifice as well. Yeah, so Trey, great, I know. But take anyway, hey, out. sorry. No, no, it's awesome. Thank you very much. And uh, hopefully this is helpful. But uh, again, always remember uh, to pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. I promise you we will. God bless you guys. Pray for us. We'll be praying for you. See you next week. Bye. i uh-huh.